This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Be conducting a sermon series on leadership in the church. And, and Clint laid out a, a good groundwork for us last week on overall leadership, what it means to be a leader, the importance of leadership in the church, and the fact that we're all leaders, or we all should be leaders. We all have it within us. And this morning, we're going to begin looking at the specific roles of leadership in the church. Now, when you picture a leader, what do you picture? That's one thing that I thought of first of all as I began this study is what was the first thing that came to my mind as I thought, well, what does a leader look like? And the first thing that popped into my mind was this classic painting, George Washington crossing the Delaware. For some reason, that's the first thought I had of what a leader looks like, a, a noble man, a man of strength that is leading his, his people, that is directing his people onto victory. And as I began going through the scripture thinking about leadership, so often we fall into a trap of just limiting the way we think of leadership just to the image, just to the outward man. We just look at someone and say, that is somebody of strength, that is what, what makes up a leader. And we've got to be careful that we don't just limit our view of leadership just to the outward appearance. I think Samuel was somewhat guilty of that. We know that from the scripture that Saul was the first king of Israel. And he really made a mess of things. He defied the instructions of God, and so he was told, God told him that the kingdom was going to be ripped from, from him. The kingdom was going to, there was going to be a new king appointed in Israel. And so Samuel was told to go to Jesse, and from the sons of Jesse, a new king would be anointed. And as the sons of Jesse were presented to Samuel, Samuel looked on the first one, and obviously it was a man of, of, strength it was a strong looking young man and Samuel thought surely this is the anointed of God but what did God tell him but the Lord said unto Samuel look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him for the Lord sees not as man sees for man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart so so oftentimes we what we see as strength and leadership is not how God sees leadership. This morning we are going to consider a group of people that may not be our first thought of leadership. Now in this picture, with this, with this group of ladies that are pictured here that are spending time with their children, maybe their grandchildren, teaching them life skills, are those the first people when you think of a strong leader somebody that is leading God's anointed, is that your first thought? This group may not be strong and mighty, but remember, just as God told Samuel, God looks on the heart. Now these pictures here, this is just random pictures that I found on a Google search, but these type of people have the same potential to be some of the strongest leaders among us. And who is this group that I speak of? the aged women. And I've titled our study this morning, Aged Women, the Unsung Heroes of the Church. We're going to look at the role 
that women, in particular aged women, play in the leadership of the church. And I use this term unsung because we don't have a lot of prominent examples in the scripture of older women. And in, as we discuss this sermon series, a group of us six men, as we discuss the, the role of the aged women, none of us had ever remembered hearing a sermon on the role of the aged women. And not to boast, but we've, between the six of us, we've heard a lot of sermons and we couldn't think of a specific example of a sermon just about the aged women. So that's what I've attempted to do this morning is to go through the scripture and see what we're told about the aged women and how important they are in the leadership of the church. And in the scripture, we have accounts of apostles, kings, uh, prophets, and so forth. Women are typically not the example. We do have several women that are, we're told about in the scripture, but in, typically men are the prominent examples in the scripture. And even in the church today, we have elders, deacons, evangelists, even we have a guest speaker come here. Guest speaker comes in, typically the focus is not on his wife. Well, does that mean his wife is not a leader of the church? It certainly does. It certainly does not mean that. We often fail to just, we fail to recognize the importance of the women in the church. And Satan uses that to, to his advantage because we see Satan at work in our, our culture and our society. Satan is out there giving the world the impression that the church looks as women as inferior. And we've got to avoid falling, in, falling into that trap. Well, how do we avoid that kind of thinking? Well, we educate ourselves. We get into the Word of God and we see what the Scripture has to tell us about women. While women may not have an official title in church, we're going to see that the Scripture shows us that they're every bit as important as our men. The term aged women comes from Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. And so the first question I have is, well, what is an aged woman? Who are these women? So I looked at the Greek, maybe hoping to get some kind of clarification, and there's really no uh, clarification. It's just an older woman. And it's pretty plain and simple. There's no special meaning, meaning to this term aged. It just means an older woman. And so I would think that would be somebody that has some level of experience in life. I don't think at all, we're certainly not talking about a young woman or a girl, but at the same time, I don't believe we're just talking about the elderly. This is an aged woman is somebody that is actively influential in our church. So for our scripture this morning, we're going to be primarily going off of this example in Titus, Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And we read here, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And as I thought about this, the scripture here, this is really, you could say it's an outline of leadership. Living your life to a high standard so that you can lead by example, that you can show others how it's done. So we're going to go through, first of all, verse 3 here. And we see that the aged women, that they should be in behavior as becometh holiness. 
And that just simply means to behave reverently, to act in a way that honors God. And you may have seen women on both sides of the spectrum in your daily life. You know, there are certain older women that you know that are just the, a prime example of what an older Christian woman should be. These are women with good attitudes. You know that there's never going to be foul language coming from that woman, that she's going to be a blessing to everyone that comes into her home. By honoring God in their life, by honoring God, they lead others to honor God. They're a leader. On the other hand, we probably have all witnessed women that are on the opposite side of, of the equation there that use filthy language. They badmouth people. They couldn't care less about anyone. By dishonoring God, what do they do? They lead the younger generation to do exactly the same, to dishonor God. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 29, going through 32, we read this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. In other words, your words should be good. They should edify. When you speak, it should be a benefit to other people. It shouldn't tear somebody down. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Bad behavior, you know, we see we can potentially, through bad behavior, grieve the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, it not only grieves the Holy Spirit, it grieves others. It creates chaos. When we are poorly behaved, it cre creates chaos. And in our context this morning, if an older Christian woman grieves the Holy Spirit, think of how that trickles down to the younger generation because they're looking up to that example. An older Christian woman, an aged woman, should lead by example and show younger Christian women how to behave. The next thing in our text, the aged women be not false accusers. Aged women should be honest, not gossiping or spreading rumors. The older people in the church, in the body of Christ, cannot afford to have an unreliable reputation. In fact, no, no one, none of us, can afford to lose our credibility, but especially the oldest among us, because we are all representatives of the body of Christ, and this congregation here in Alma in particular. If you go and spread lies, if you're not honest in the way you conduct yourself, you know, it's not going to be a matter of just saying, oh, she's crazy. It's going to be a matter of that church over there on Highway 71, they're, they're crazy. They're, they're a bunch of liars. An older person has the ability to be such a blessing to other people. But when someone can't trust your words, that opportunity just gets thrown out, out of the window. You lose credibility. You lose that ability to have influence. And this, I think this is one of the reasons why God has been so very clear about honesty. He tells us way back in Exodus 20:16, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Very easy concept. Don't speak lies about other people. 
One of the seven things, one of the abominations that God hates, we find in Proverbs 6 and 19, is a false witness that speaketh, that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. And certainly the oldest among us should be that shining example of peace, speaking honestly, living honestly. And just a quick illustration of this, think about, you know, if one of our little children goes out and tells somebody a lie, and somebody out in town, you know, speaks about it, you know, that kid, that little kid over there, he's a little liar. Okay, it's not good, but, but what if an older lady what if our women at this church go out there and somebody says, that, that lady over there, she flat out lied to me? You know, same sin, but think about the impact that has on people when older people, the way they conduct themselves, you know, is so crucial to the many witnesses that we have around us. And as, as leaders, the aged women, they have to be honest. The next thing we find is that the aged women be not given to much wine. The older women have to set the example of behavior. If an older woman is drunk, what do we expect to get from the next generation? Well, that pattern is probably going to continue. You know, the expression, grandma's drunk again, you know, that is probably something we uh, we laugh, I mean, we're laughing right now. Grandma's, Granny's drunk again, you know. It's just something that seems ridiculous, but the sad reality of it is there's so many young people in this land that that's a reality to them. Grandma's drunk again. And certainly an aged woman in the church not, should not be given to much wine. What lifestyle are we leading the next generation into? Because behavior is passed on. Our children learn by example, by the things that we say, by the way that we live. What are we passing on to them? Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 18. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, just a moment ago, we read the instructions to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Here we have the instructions to be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk. Don't be filling yourself with alcohol or anything don't be filled with this uh, junk that's going to lead you astray but be filled with the spirit in other words own yourself be in control of yourself don't sell yourself out don't sell your body out to alcohol or anything else that is going to lead you away from God because you're not leading only yourself away from God you're leading others away from God The aged women, the next point, the aged women be teachers of good things, passing on knowledge that is beneficial onto the next generation. Experience and wisdom, those are priceless things. An older lady should, should use her experience to teach things that are going to benefit others. 
2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. And this is Paul speaking to Timothy here. He says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So here we have encouragement from an older man to a younger man. And the encouragement was continue on this path that you're going down. It's a good one. And the relationship that the older Paul had with the younger Timothy was that of, it was a mentor relationship that he had. And the end result comes from, in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's what he wanted Timothy to be working towards, that he would be truly furnished or that he would be complete, that he would be a perfect uh, Christian, not as in the terms of flawless, but perfect, that there was, he lacked nothing. He was, fairly, he was completely furnished to do the work of God. And as we think about our study this morning, the aged women, they should have that ability to furnish others, to furnish the younger women on how to be a complete Christian. That is a priceless thing when, when the older generation can pass that wisdom down to the next generation. 3 John 1, verses 3 and 4 say this, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So this here is an older man, and from his perspective, look at what he says. I have, there is nothing in life that gives me greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And hopefully, as an aged person in particular, this morning an, an aged woman would have that mindset, that, that that should be a goal of the aged women, that they're that should make them happy that they have passed on that truth and they can rejoice that their children continue on in that same type of life. Leadership is about equipping others for success. You know, being a good leader, that doesn't mean that you get all the glory. Leadership is not about the individual, that the leader's glory. As I thought about that, think... Think about the example of Jesus Christ. We would, of course, we'd all say that Jesus was the ultimate leader. But did Jesus, in all the account of Jesus, did he ever demand that anybody drop down and worship him? While he walked on this earth, did he ever say, you know who you're talking to, bow down and worship me? He never said that. In fact, he was washing people's feet. Leadership is not about putting the leader up on a pedestal. And each of us as leaders in this body, it's not about us. It's about glorifying God and helping others to
to be victorious. Christ furnished us for success, and as we think about aged women, they have that same opportunity in their own special way to be the same type of uh, selfless leader. It's not about them, it's not about us, it's about furnishing the young that they would glorify God. We'll go back to our text, Titus chapter 2. And the things we've looked at in verse 3 are the characteristics that an aged woman should have. And they should have these things for the purpose that they are able to do what? These things that start in verse 4. They have these characteristics so that they may teach the young women. And we'll go through a list of these things that they should be able to teach the younger women. The first of which is to be sober. Now, if you look at the Greek, you know, as we hear the word sober, we think in the, the context, I think, of alcohol or being drunk. But if you look at the, the Greek text, where this is translated from, you know, that certainly could be part of it. But it's just about having a, a level head, making a good decision, being of a sound mind, practice good decision making. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Take the example in a grocery store and this is something I've witnessed. Example one, an older lady gets up to the, the checkout, is grumpy, foul mood, uh, bad mouthing people. She's short with the checkout, with the checkout girl. Woman two comes up behind her, very patient, thankful, respectful, pleasant to the checker. Which one of those examples, which one of those women has taught that young lady properly? As we mentioned last Sunday, we are all leaders in this body. In simple examples such as these, we either acknowledge God in the way that we behave, or we, we don't acknowledge God. As a role model to the youth, older women need to be sober. We certainly don't want them, uh, an older woman certainly doesn't need to be drunk, but sober in, in the fact that she's level-headed, that she teaches our, our youth to use sound judgment. The next thing they need to teach the young women is to love their husbands. Now, considering considering everything we've discussed so far, can a woman that teaches evil, evil behavior, that has that kind of lifestyle and lies, can that be the loving wife that, that God would have her to be? And you would think that if you consider this, why would an aged woman, why would they not love their husband? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a given for a Christian woman? Wouldn't that be a, a given for any woman? And that's what you would think, that that'd be a no-brainer. But in the world, so many women badmouth and disrespect their husbands. In today's media, think about, in the less media you watch today, the probably the better you off you are, but any media today, typically an older, take an older couple, for example, the husband is portrayed as this... Uh, dunce that can't get anything right 
You know, just men are, you know, disrespected in a lot of ways in so much of our, our culture today. And society is attempting this, this push to empower women at the expense of disrespecting men. But as we know in the scripture, you don't build somebody up by tearing somebody else down. Because remember, in the context here, we're talking about teaching. And knowledge is at the heart of teaching. Notice this in 1 Peter 3 and 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. A successful marriage is dependent upon knowledge. That would not be, probably if you took a survey of people, say, and asked them, what do you define as a successful marriage? What's a key to that? Probably not going to get a whole lot of people out there that say knowledge. But it is a successful marriage in the spiritual sense is dependent upon knowledge. Knowledge, knowing the importance of a spouse in a spiritual sense. And the world's push for equality ignores the simple truth about equality, that men and women are spiritual equals. It's not the physical difference that matters, it's the spiritual equality that matters. And I think a very important point that every married couple needs to, to know, be to, to be familiar with are these words right here. Being heirs together of the grace of life. If you understand that concept that you and your spouse are spiritual equals that are working together spiritually for the same goal, then you set yourself up for a happy marriage and a successful uh, raising of your children for a successful family. And in our context here this morning, older women must teach this example in the way that they treat their husbands. And right along those same lines, that the aged women, that they may teach the young women just as to love their husbands. I've got a typo there, to love their husbands, but to love their children. And again, why would a woman need to be taught to love her children? Naturally, a mother protects her young. You know, in a physical sense, they do. But as we know, there is more to loving a child than keeping them from physical danger. 1 Timothy 5 and 14. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. First thing that stuck out in my mind about this verse with these words right here, guide the house. Okay? How can you guide without being a leader? So as we just consider that, women are leaders. Guide the house. You can't guide if you're not a leader. But just this overall, this overall verse here, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give no occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Will you find this message anywhere outside of a biblical conversation today? This is why an aged woman's leadership is so very crucial because where else are the young women going to get this message? Where else? 
to pass the knowledge of a scriptural wife and mother down to the next generation. That is so very important for us in the church. The scripture says, and this is one of my favorite scriptures, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. In the context of this verse, what had happened is the priests were found guilty because they were supposed to be the ones that were leading the people. They were leading the people in the word of God. And they did the exact opposite. They led the people into ignorance. And God, to put it nicely, was not very happy about that. But the same exact principle is true today for us. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If we don't educate ourselves with the knowledge of God's word, we will be destroyed. We destroy ourselves. Women, be a leader that accepts knowledge and passes it on to the next generation. Don't let your children, don't let your family be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The next thing that an aged woman must be able to teach is teach the younger women is to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Satan doesn't want any young ladies to hear these words, and our society is doing the work for him. Satan wins when these things are not taught, and we know that they're not being taught. The world hates these things. They want them buried. But Satan wins when these things are not taught. Because what happens when these things are not taught to younger women, what's the end result? The Word of God is blasphemed. The Word of God is disrespected. People bring shame on God's Word by the way they behave, the things that they teach the younger generation. The world today is in such decay because of a lack of Christian leadership. And part of that is a lack of, when it comes to Christian leadership, is that of the women. These very simple things, you know, there's nothing that we've covered so far that is confusing. It's all very simple to understand. These things are ignored, though, by so many people and by our culture. Our, our young ladies are being taught to do exactly the opposite of these things here. These fundamental things. And it, do it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make logical sense. It surely doesn't make spiritual sense the way that our young people in this country are being taught. But remember what we just read. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Someone has to take the reins and educate our youth. And as our young ladies are brainwashed, our culture just descends further into the gutter and Satan celebrates this. As a woman, don't feel like you're not a leader because you certainly are one. And God needs you to be a leader to our young women. The church needs you to be a leader to our young women. The world certainly needs you to be a leader to our young women. Because good role models are so few and far between out in our world today. Just think about who, are, uh, who is a typical girl in today's world being brainwashed to believe they should be like. Just 
you know, the, the young women today are being taught it's all about being tough, athletic, independent, and then much, much worse than that, as we know. But look what we're told in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And it's interesting that we can read a passage like this in the context of leadership. Because the so-called experts out there in our world, they would mock this. They would say, yeah, this is just holding women down. But look here, we actually see an example of leadership, just in the, the example of how a faithful woman can influence an unfaithful husband. That's, that's an example of leadership. Leading by example, the world does not appreciate a humble attitude. The world will teach our youth, they'll teach all of us, humility, meekness, that gets you nowhere in life. Well, maybe it doesn't get you anywhere in life, but where, what does it get you with God? In the sight of God, it's of great price. Look at what Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 and 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek are set up to have the inheritance. And there's not a whole lot of people out there teaching our young folks meekness. I did a Google search for role models for young women. And I can't even put on this board what came up. Not that they were all bad, but there are certain individuals that are seen, defined in today's world that are these great examples to young women that promote obscenity. I've seen messages, all kinds of garbage. That's who our young women, even some of our leaders in this country are holding these women up that are promoting these vile things. Uh, they're saying, I want my kids to be like this person. And they're trying to train our women up, young women up to be that same thing. Some of that is just to be a strong, to, for this woman to be strong, loud, to be proud. And they so sadly miss the point that the strongest women are those that set a quiet, godly example. And that same principle is true for men as well. You know, in all that we've talked about today, men are excluded from all of this, right? Wrong. You know, many of these things we've looked at, some of them are gender-specific, but many of these are just basic behavior, just how we conduct ourselves, how we carry ourselves. And our behavior should be godly, whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're male or female. In Titus chapter 2, I want us to notice the word, very important word here that can be just glazed over. 
the aged women likewise. Well, like what? We'll go back the two verses before that, but and this is talking about the the aged men, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity and patience. And then the women follow suit in the next verse there, verse 3, the aged women likewise. The character of an older man and an older woman are the same. Level-headed, grave, or just a dignified, temperate or self-controlled, faithful, loving, and patient. The aged men and aged women are held to the same standard of behavior. 1 Timothy 2, verses 8 through 10. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Again, we have the, these words in like manner. The mentality is the same for men and women. Men are to be constantly praying, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, the women in like manner should have that same, same type of behavior. Again, there are specific gender items, but the goal of both men and women is to glorify God in the way they behave themselves, living a life that honors God. A Christian's goal is for God to be noticed, not for us to be noticed. In every type of media, whether it's TV, Internet, billboards, magazines, whatever. All of those things promote a lifestyle of being noticed. Dress this way, act this way, speak this way so that you become noticed. That's exactly the opposite of what we find in the scripture. Act, speak, conduct yourself in a way that God is noticed. If the aged women do not follow this, these examples in 9 and 10, if Christian women do not follow that example, who in the world are our young women going to look up to for the right example? Think about this. An older Christian should be the result of a life that's been lived for Christ. And if you consider yourself an aged person, do people look at your character and say, wow, that's, that's, how, that's somebody I want to be like? Because they're looking up to you thinking, if I live my life this certain way, that's how I'm going to end up. If you're not aged, are you heading towards that end result? Are you going to be, when maybe you consider yourself an aged person, are you going to be that example that has lived a life that others can look up to? as the end result of a Christian life. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. And that in and of itself is pretty interesting. Remember your leaders are who? Those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So take a young person reading this and they're looking at 
the leaders, those who spoke the word of God to them, they're thinking about you. Imitate their faith. Are you giving them something good to imitate? Now, I know we don't have a lot of aged women in our congregation, but life is short, and Lord willing, before long, we're going to look up one day, we're going to look around this room, and a lot of us young and middle-aged parents are going to be the aged members of the church. And the question is, are we going to be the only ones there? Is it just going to be the aged members of the church? Are we going to, or on the other hand, are we, have going to been, have we, are we going to lay a foundation where we continue the teaching on, the way of life on, so that we don't find ourselves as the only one left in the church? As we consider leadership in the church, it's not just about the men. Think about the impact that women have in our congregation, in our homes. And trying to minimize the role of women, that's not just a bad idea to try to minimize women. As we've seen in the scripture, it's not scriptural to minimize the role of women. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. You see, an aged woman impacts both men and women. Look at the trend that was started by Lois. These women here, the Apostle Paul documents in the Bible, these faithful women here, and the impact that they had on Timothy. It seems like it was who that had the impact in Timothy's uh, personal life that led him to a life of faith. It doesn't seem like it was the men. It was the women that influenced him, that led him in the right direction. You know, a popular saying is, behind every good man is a good woman. Now, that's a popular saying. That may not always be true, but so very often it is. So very often there's a faithful mother, there's a, a faithful grandmother, perhaps even a faithful wife that encourages a man to be faithful, that leads them to Christ. As we find in the scriptures, the role of the aged woman consists of living a quiet, humble, godly life that you may never receive any credit for. And think of the role, think of what that takes for, for someone, because by nature it seems like we have pride, we want to be noticed, but as a woman in the church, you have to take on the task of living a quiet, humble, godly life. And you may not ever receive any credit for it. And then you have to turn around and teach the younger women to do the same. That's a big task to take on. And it, and it takes a special person to take on that task. These special people are the faithful women of the church, those that we may call mom, grandmother, and most importantly, we call them sister in Christ. And sadly, we don't really think about the, the role, the importance that women play in our lives. As men, we don't think about that. And we don't think about the true importance that women play in the church. And a lot of times we don't think about that maybe until Mother's Day comes around. And then we really start to focus on the role of women. But as we see in the scripture, 
we can't we shouldn't do that because women just like men are leaders of the church that's where we'll conclude our thoughts this morning i hope these things have been a, a benefit to you we haven't spoken on the first principles this morning but if you have been taught the first principles that you understand the path or the the plan of salvation that god has laid out to hear the word of god to believe it to repent of your sins to come forward to confess that jesus christ is the son of god and to be baptized and then live out a life that honors god if you if you understand that if you have not taken the steps of confessing christ and being baptized we urge you to do that this morning if you know if you know it and you understand it and you haven't done it well what hinders you because we have water right here what hinders you from taking that step it's only yourself that hinders you and we we would plead with you don't hinder yourself any longer be obedient to the gospel if you've already taken that step but maybe you've you've strayed from the path or maybe you need the the prayers of the church we also stand ready to to assist you please come forward if you be in either class as we stand and sing the song that's been selected We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.